there's a lot of people that stress me out, but one of the people that stress me out the most are the Fitbit club. Fitbit people always know their exact steps. They're always looking at their wrists. They're always checking their pulse. They're always taking, they're like the people that never forget to change their oil too. Like they're just always going. Like I feel like when I'm around and my head's like buzzing because I'm like, I just need you to sit down. And they're like, I haven't gotten my steps. I'm like, stepping where? You're stepping just to step? I only step if I'm trying to get somewhere and usually to like the fridge or my bed. But these, the steppers, the step club people are always aware of where they're going and they're always standing and they're always moving. I had one of those Fitbits for about two days and it kept telling me to stand up and to move my body. And I'm like, who is spying on me? And I don't like some invisible wrist guard telling me that I've been sitting too long. So what I think is maybe we need a watch for people that are not good at sitting. Like a watch is like, hey, you're overproductive. You're stressing everybody out. Sit down. Take a bubble bath. Scroll. Turn your brain off. Maybe that's a good Shark Tank idea, actually. Instead of a fit bit, it's a relaxed bit. Like sit the heck down and take it easy. And maybe I'm just saying this because I'm coming from a personal uh, place since my husband asked for a standing desk for Christmas. I'm like, a stand? that's like torture. Why would you want to stand when you can sit? That's why we got chairs. I love sitting. I'm a good sitter. And today's thought is about the doctrine of sitting and how I think we actually need to be good sitters. Because in Acts 8, Philip comes and talks to a guy and says, Understandest thou what thou readest? And I love this guy, my type of guy, don't know his name. Someday in heaven, I hope I'm in his cul-de-sac and we'll have him over to a barbecue because he's pretty legit and very down to earth when he says, how can I Except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. So it says Philip runs thither. I don't know if that's fast or slow. You know, I don't know what kind of a runner Philip was, but Philip goes up to sit with him. And that, that's all it is. He, I love this because here we have the doctrine of the sit. And what I want to offer today is that I believe some of the most powerful teaching and connecting we will ever do with our children, with our spouse, with the annoying person we're supposed to minister to, with our friends, is when we are willing to come and sit, to just be to come empty without any hidden agenda or needs of our own or secret things we want to discuss and ask them how they're doing, but really we're already prepped with what we are going to tell them that we've prepared that we think they need to know ahead of time, to just sit. Not just sit physically where they are, but to sit emotionally and spiritually with where they are. Because sitting implies that we are willing to stay. Sitting implies that we're not rushing off or trying to fix something or get something done, that we're just there to be. Hank Smith said, the Lord doesn't ask us to cheer up those who mourn or fix those who mourn or teach those who mourn. He asks us to mourn with those that mourn. And oftentimes that includes sitting physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally just sitting. Michelle Craig in a beautiful talk called Eyes to See. Oh, I love this. It's so good. She says, many of our society's great problems flow from people not being seen and known. There's a core trait that we all have to get better at, and that is the trait of seeing each other deeply and being deeply seen. I think that's so good. 
because we all have been with someone who sees us deeply. The Savior saw people deeply, seeing beyond what they're saying and what they're looking like and what we think they are deep into who they are and what they are actually trying to say that they need or where we can be of service in their life. And it doesn't just refer to your vision. Because we all know that the Levite and the priest both saw the beat-up dude on the side of the road who was wounded on the way to Jericho. They saw him. No one, they didn't deny that they saw the guy. They're, they probably had Lasix. They had their glasses on. They saw him, and then they passed by. So often we see with our physical eyes, but not with our soul eyes. And we pass by, just like those Levite priests and the other guy, we pass by those opportunities that actually allow the deepest connection and growth because we're too busy doing whatever it is we think is more important because we're on our path, walking, standing, going to a destination. True disciples are sitters and they see deeply the people around them. They can see what is not not being said and listen with more than their ears. It's hard to connect deeply if we're not willing to sit with the people we want to love. I think we've had this experience before where sometimes the best conversations or random conversations that actually mean something with our children are when they're physically restrained by a seatbelt sitting in the car and they can't go anywhere. But it's actually the time and our ability to just listen that creates that opportunity to see deeply and to connect. Michelle Craig goes on in her talk to say, seeing deeply requires us to ask him and then to act, to ask to see others as he does as true sons and daughters with infinite and divine potential, then act by loving, serving, and affirming their worth and potential as prompted. As this becomes the pattern of our lives, we will find ourselves becoming true followers of Jesus Christ. Others will be able to trust our hearts with theirs. And in this pattern, we will discover our true identity and purpose. Did you? I feel like I should repeat that. It's so good. If we really want to discover our own confidence and identity and purpose, then we must not only see others deeply, but be willing to be seen as well, to sit to sit and to see and to stay. And in that ex- experience, as this becomes the pattern of our lives, she said, we find ourselves becoming true followers of Jesus Christ. I don't ever hear a verse in the scriptures of Jesus being like, okay, cool, can I get back? I gotta go, I gotta go. I can't think of someone that had more things to do and be and someone that appeared to be less rushed. He was always sitting with the woman at the well, with the lepers, with the people. He was a deep seer and a deep sitter. He didn't have a social Fitbit counting how many things he could get done and how quickly he could accomplish them. He was comfortable sitting. He was comfortable in the uncomfortableness that sometimes comes from sitting when there's silence, when people need time, when we don't quite know what to say, and so our tendency is to want to go. John Steinbeck in one of his books said, I wonder how many people I've looked at all my life and never seen. My challenge today is, who do you need to sit with and see deeper 
so that there can be a connection worth having. Disciples are sitters. May we be able and willing to seek out the people that need us to sit with them physically, but also spiritually and emotionally today.